Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. I'm not going to do my usual spiel that I say at the beginning of most episodes. I'm going to be talking a bit about something a bit more personal, and it relates to my puppy, Boris. Over the past month, I've noticed that his breathing has become a bit different. It's raspy, he's a bit out of breath more, and he tends to hack up his food a bit more while eating. So I took him to the vet and I found that he has a uh, condition called laryngeal paralysis, which is the first stage of a neurological disease that's similar to ALS in humans. But thankfully, that's slow moving and it's not really a concern until well down the road. But what is a concern now is the paralysis. And this is caused when abductor muscles in the larynx are not working properly and they're not expanding and opening for a deep breath. And so it's not a horrible condition initially, but... It does mean that generally he would have one to three years left. Um, or in some cases, in more extreme cases, dogs only have a few months. So I'm looking to raise some money for his surgery. Uh, it costs $5,000, which is not cheap and well beyond what I can afford. So I've organized a GoFundMe. You don't have to, to donate. If you can even just share it, I would appreciate it. I just would like to get a few extra years with my dog. So if uh, you want to donate, I will have the GoFundMe in my show notes. I would also like to say thank you to Bob, and I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Heeslip. You made a big donation to the podcast, and I really appreciate it. And all donations and all Patreon support until September is going to get my dog his surgery. So... I really appreciate all of it, and thank you so much. Before we get to the episode, I want to thank AJ Parr, who left a wonderful five-star review. His review says, I've been listening to this and Craig's other podcasts. Combining them gives great insight into our history and issues that have come up numerous times throughout our history. I've learned many things and moments that have shaped our country's history. Thanks, AJ. I really appreciate that. Those kind of things, they honestly make my day. After the sudden death of Georges Vanier, Canada needed a new governor-general. It was especially important as Canada was going through its centennial year, and the governor-general would be a major part of the events going on throughout the country. The title of governor-general then fell on a man from Western Canada, Roland Michener. Roland Michener was born on April 19, 1900 in his family's home. His birth in Lacombe of what would one day be Alberta, makes him the first governor-general born in the 20th century and the first from Western Canada. His father, Edward, was an important man in the area. He was the mayor of Red Deer from 1904 to 1906, and then he served in the Alberta legislature from 1909 to 1917. During that time, he was the leader of the opposition, and then from 1918 to 1947, he served in the Canadian Senate. Roland Michener would attend schools in the area, and he would join the Boy Scouts in 1911. On June 1, 1911, after Arthur Kelly shot a local police chief, George Bell, and escaped into the woods, Michener and his fellow scouts were called to help find him. Michener would say years later, quote, Well, here I was at the age of 11, with not even a staff in my hand, and going in open formation with the other Boy Scouts across the kind of scrubby land vacant land between the exhibition grounds to the south, and we sprung this man out from where he slept. He was behind a small bush and jumped up. 
he had his gun in his hand and ran down into the swamp, into the bushes, and there were a couple of shots and we were all curious to know who it was and what. Nobody was hurt, but they captured him. Many parents weren't very pleased with that use of the scouts. End quote. Michener then went on to the University of Alberta where he graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in 1920. A Rhodes Scholar, he then attended Oxford University where he met a young man on his hockey team who had become a lifelong friend, Lester B. Pearson. Their hockey team would do a tour of Switzerland during the Christmas holidays one year, playing against several European teams. Not surprisingly, the Canadians won every single game. He would say, quote, We skied and skated and we were the darlings of the girls from the finishing school who were following the season around, the daughters of the wealthy and of their families, and so we were very well treated and we all entertained them in return. All we had to pay was our bar bills and our laundry bills, otherwise the hotel was provided and we moved about Switzerland, End quote. After studying law in Oxford, he moved back to Canada and opened a law practice in 1924. In 1926, he and Pearson would compete together in the Canadian Open tennis tournament, losing in the first round. He would say of Pearson, quote, We couldn't change each other. We used to argue politics. I thought he'd be a conservative, but neither of us changed the other, End quote. In 1927, Michener married Nora Willis, and the couple had three daughters. Nora had come to Toronto to study music and was fluent in French and well-versed in history and economics. Nora, after her children were born, would also attend the University of Toronto and earn a doctorate in philosophy in 1952. While Michener lived in Toronto, he would work with the local Chinese community to help reunite family members that had been separated due to racist immigration laws in Canada at the time. Thanks to this, he became very popular and respected in the Chinese-Canadian community of Toronto. In 1943, Michener decided to run for the Ontario Legislature, describing himself as a small-L liberal and a capital-C conservative. He would say, quote, Politics was part of our family life. I decided when I was a young man that I would go into public life, but I didn't get around to it until 1943, end quote. Running as a conservative candidate in the provincial election, he was defeated, but in 1945 he tried again and he was elected, and he would serve in the legislature until 1948. In 1949 he made the jump to federal politics as a progressive conservative. The jump didn't land though, as he did not win his riding. But like with provincial politics, he tried again and in 1953 was elected to parliament. For the first four years as a member of parliament, Michener still worked as a lawyer on weekends as he did not make enough as an MP. During his time in Parliament, which would end in 1962, he would serve as the Speaker of the House of Commons from 1957 to 1962. Michener stated he expected vigorous debate as Speaker, but that, quote, you give me time to try my wings before you start shooting in my direction, end quote. Opposition leader Louis Saint Laurent would say of Michener, quote, his record commends him and is a good sign for the future. I am confident that the House will be well served by him. End quote. The opening of Parliament on October 14, 1957 was an event that would stay in his mind forever. One reason for this was because Queen Elizabeth II opened it for the first time and he would comment on the length of her speech. He would say, quote, Sweating under the lights, and she didn't perspire even. She seemed cool and collected. But you know, it was quite an ordeal. End quote. While he was a member of Parliament, Nora would support him in his work. 
She would even write a guide for the wives of MPs on proper etiquette for the situations they would find themselves in. She would also watch proceedings at Parliament and send notes to MPs to reprimand them if they did not follow the rules for proper behaviour. As Speaker, Michener was responsible for the smooth introduction of French and English, simultaneous interpretation in the House in 1959. And as Speaker, he would distinguish himself as being civilized and witty. His close friend, Lester B. Pearson, was at this point serving as the leader of the official opposition, while the Prime Minister was John Diefenbaker. In fact, even though he was a member of his party, Diefenbaker was not a fan of Michener because he felt he was too fair to the opposition parties. In one case, Diefenbaker would not sit down when Michener called him to order. Other than a few MPs and the Prime Minister, many felt that Michener was a fantastic Speaker of the House, and a group of university professors launched a campaign to make him the permanent Speaker of the House. Under the plan, he would run as an independent, and other parties would not run against him locally. The plan never came to fruition, though. In 1962, Michener lost his seat in the House of Commons, which was the first time in Canadian history the Speaker of the House had lost their seat. In 1963, his friend, Lester B. Pearson, became the new Prime Minister of Canada, and he offered to make Michener the permanent Speaker of the House of Commons, but Michener turned him down. Instead, Pearson appointed Michener as the High Commissioner to India in 1964. Then, six months later, he was made the first Canadian ambassador to Nepal. He would serve in both roles until 1967, during which time he studied Hindi. Nora would also become close friends with Indira Gandhi, the first female Prime Minister of India. After the death of Georges Vanier, Pearson recommended to Queen Elizabeth II that Michener be appointed the Governor-General. This was approved and Michener became the first former MP to serve in the position. He would say, quote, we are deeply appreciative of confidence reposed in us by the Prime Minister and Government of Canada in nominating me to be Governor-General and entrusting my wife and me with important and exacting responsibilities which will be ours, particularly at this time in our centennial celebrations when all the world will be coming to our shores. End quote. Paul Martin Sr., a Liberal Cabinet Minister and father to future Prime Minister Paul Martin, would say, quote, I don't think there was anybody inside or outside the public service who could qualify better than Michener. People just felt that this was a good appointment. End quote. The day he arrived in Ottawa, Michener threw a party for the press and received his guests wearing slacks, sports shirt, suede jacket, and loafers, and he poured drinks himself and he played the piano for his guests. It was clear this was a very different Governor General. A few days after he became Governor-General, Michener opened the biggest event in Canadian history to that point, and arguably the biggest even to this point, Expo 67. There it is. And now, I have the honor, in the Canadian l'exposition l'exposition universelle et internationale de 1967. I have the honor, in the name of all Canadians, to inaugurate officially the 1967 Universal and International Exhibition.
Expo 67 and it being Canada's centennial year, Michener was very busy visiting places in the country and welcoming heads of state. And while previous governors-general only welcomed a few, maybe a dozen at most, heads of state during their tenures of five to seven years, Michener welcomed an astonishing 53 heads of state in his first year alone, including President Lyndon Johnson and Princess Grace of Monaco. On average, they hosted a visiting head of state every 2.5 days during the centennial year. When the Order of Canada was established in July 1967, Michener was the first to hold the honour and he would award the Order of Canada to its first recipients in November 1967. He would say of it, quote, Our intention is to do honour to those who, in many different ways, have served Canada with great distinction and have thereby contributed to the well-being of their fellow man. End quote. They desire a better country. It is the key to the purpose of the first Canadian Order of Honour, under whose auspices we are gathered together today. Our intention is to do honour to those who in many different ways have served Canada with great distinction and have thereby contributed to the well-being of their fellow men. In February 1968, a constitutional crisis occurred when the government of Pearson was defeated on a tax bill. If this had been a budget bill, Pearson would have been required to resign and call a new election. Since this was a lesser financial bill, the result was not as clear. So Michener consulted with legal experts and then decided that he would not require Pearson to resign unless there was a motion of no confidence. With that, opposition leader Robert Stanfield immediately tabled a motion, but it failed to pass. By the time an election was held in June, Pearson had retired, and the new, dynamic, liberal leader, Pierre Trudeau, was now Prime Minister. In October 1970, Michener would be involved in dealing with the October Crisis, which saw the FLQ kidnap British Trade Commissioner James Cross and Quebec Minister of Labour Pierre Laporte. Laporte would later be murdered and Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau would implement the War Measures Act to deal with the crisis. The act required Michener's signature in order to become law. The paper would be brought to Michener at his home by Jack Cross, a civil servant who said later that Michener was waiting in his dressing gown and pajamas and was uncertain about signing. Cross would have to speak with the Governor General in order to convince him to sign. Cross would say later, quote, he had some hesitation about signing a document that strong, end quote. It was not known at the time, but would come out in 2010, that Michener was actually an intended target for the FLQ. Michener would make a state visit to Trinidad and Tobago in 1971, which was the first for a governor general. In October of the same year, he would visit Iran to attend the 25th anniversary of the Iranian monarchy. Many felt it was inappropriate for someone who was not the head of state to make a state visit, but the trip was successful and that helped end any issues over it. Throughout his time as Governor-General, Michener would change the atmosphere around the Governor-General forever. After his friend Marion Pearson, wife of Lester B. Pearson, refused to curtsy, he removed the practice completely for any women meeting the Governor-General. Michener also began regular meetings with provincial lieutenant governors, and in 1972, he returned the Governor-General's New Year's levy to Rideau Hall. 
Known as the jogging governor general, Michener was highly active and would go out jogging every morning to stay in shape. He would support participation that was aimed at improving the fitness and health of Canadians. And due to his daily jogging, the Alberta Blood First Nation honoured him by giving him the name Running Antelope. In his first two years alone, he jogged with a high school track team, walked in the Oxfam 50-mile trudge, shot with the Bisley Marksman, worked with the Mobile Force Commandos, and skied the opening five miles of the 120-mile Ottawa-Montreal Cross-Country Marathon. He also swam with the collegiate swim team, piloted a government executive jet, and would do sit-ups and push-ups beside his rail car while on trips. Of course, sometimes his active nature caused some issues. One of the more humorous came about when he was showering after a squash match at the Ottawa Arena. After his shower, he found the door to the locker room locked, so he, the Governor General, wrapped a towel around his waist and walked to the rink where a figure skating class was in session. He then summoned an instructor to give him a key. When he decided to retire in 1974, there was talk that he should be appointed as the head of the physical fitness program in Canada. The Sioux Star wrote, quote, Canadians are in terrible physical shape. What is needed is a vigorous, spirited campaign to reverse that condition, and there could hardly be a better man to head that campaign than Roland Michener, end quote. Regarding his fitness, Michener would say, quote, My wife tried to persuade me to become more relaxed, but I resisted the pressure with the support of doctors and kept up my athletics, end quote. After a photo was published of Michener jogging in Ottawa in his tracksuit, he decided to take it more seriously because he realized he had considerable influence and he could help encourage people who were approaching middle age to get active. Ironically, despite other governors general doing so, Michener never did the opening kickoff at the Grey Cup. It was a difficult December for Michener in 1972 after his close friend Lester Pearson died on December 27th. He would say, quote, No Canadian of our time has been so deservedly renowned for his influence in the direction of conciliation and peace among the nations. We thank God for a life which has been of such profound benefit to his times. End quote. It was around this time that there would also be discussions over whether or not Canada needed to have a governor general at all. In October 1968, he would tell students at Bishop's University, quote, There is, in party government, the risk of discontinuing and the consequent lack of confidence in parliamentary procedures, which could ensure were a government defeated with no immediate prospect of an acceptable replacement in the offing. It is in such situations that the office of the Governor-General shows its essential function, providing the continuity of government without which public confidence would flounder." Once again, here we are in the new year, and leap year at that. For the young, who can scarcely wait to grow up, it may not matter that another year has slipped by. But for those in the prime of their accomplishment, time is everything. So much to do and so little time to do it. As for me, I want only a few minutes in which to remind you of some events of the last year and to take a brief look ahead. In many ways, 1971 was a good year, although, judging by the press reports, it was certainly not the millennium. Every day from some part of the world, there were reports of strife and suffering and precious little of what was good news. It may sometimes have seemed, uh, if I may misquote Mark Anthony, that the evil that men do is news and the good is often interred with their bones. 
fortunately in Canada, much favored among the nations, more people than ever were able to, to go about their daily lives in relative comfort and security with the freedom and the right, if not always as much opportunity as they might like to better both themselves and those they cared for. At least that was my observation. As we traveled this year again, my wife and I, in almost every province. 1971 also marked the centennial of our sixth province, British Columbia, whose accession to the Dominion made our country truly continental in scope. To celebrate this union, which has meant uh, so much to all Canadians, the Queen traveled um, widely in our Pacific province in splendid May weather and was given a right royal welcome. Later, my wife and I made additional visits to British Columbia to join in special centennial events and ceremonies, the last being to present the Grey Cup to the Stampeders, as it turned out. In all this, we could feel the pride of British Columbians in the beauty and the sturdy independence of their province and their own confidence in its future within Canada. I assured them that Canadians east of the Rockies rejoiced with them and were strengthened by their faith and success. I also said that we Canadians have much to hope and little to fear except from ourselves when we magnify our differences and undervalue our traditions and our collective identity. In 1973, Michener was awarded the Royal Victorian Chain becoming only the second Canadian in history to receive the honour after former Governor-General Vincent Massey. At one point, Michener would become the first Governor-General to travel to alert Northwest Territories, only 690 kilometres away from the North Pole. This was done to assert Canadian sovereignty over the region. And in 1974, his time as Governor-General came to an end. And as he left office, he would remark about the difficulty of leaving public life, stating, quote, I should say thank you, lay down my text on the table and sit down, but reform does not come so fast to one who is guilty of 522 speeches on generalities, and that excludes six speeches from the throne. End quote. Over the course of his time as Governor General, he traveled thousands of kilometers, conducting 203 tours across the country. Michener would return to Toronto to practice law once again. He would say of going back to his profession after 20 years away, quote, you know, I was away from law for 20 years in public life and I had no confidence to go back. I wouldn't dare appear in the Supreme Court of Ontario as an ex-governor-general. The judges would be scandalized and so would I. They'd think I was trying to intimidate them. End quote. From the year he retired as governor-general until 1980, he would serve as the Chancellor of Queen's University. In 1979, Alberta Premier Peter Lougheed named a mountain after him and one year later, Michener celebrated by climbing to the summit of that mountain. It should be noted, he was 80 years old at the time. In 1987, his wife would pass away. He had been her caretaker for most of the 1980s while she battled Alzheimer's. He would say of her, quote, I could have been speaker without her help. I could not have been governor general without her. We were a team, end quote. Michener would pass away on August 6, 1991. His ashes, as well as hers, would be interned at St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church in Ottawa. Opposition leader Jean Chrétien would say, quote, It is a big loss, but he had a very good life. End quote. 
Prime Minister Brian Mulroney stated, quote, Apart from being a wonderful man, he made a tremendous contribution to Canada, end quote. Today, the Michener Institute is named for him, as are several roads and an arena in Manitoba. Six schools are also named for him in Alberta, Ontario, and Saskatchewan. I will end this episode with what the National Post said upon his death, stating, quote, Roly Michener leaves a legacy of service, commitment, and good humor that those who follow him in the public life of our country would do well to emulate. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Roland Michener. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. And I also want to thank all of my wonderful patrons. And I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Sarah White, Tom McMillan, Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Pringnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard T., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nixon Ree, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Governor General of Canada, Lacombe Museum, McLean, CBC, Wikipedia, Queen's University, Windsor Star, Ottawa Citizen, Regina Leader Post, North Bay Nugget, Montreal Star, Sioux Star, Edmonton Journal, and the National Post. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.